Well, I have a team up here with me this morning. Would you welcome this team? Say hi to them. Say good morning to them. Those of you online, we welcome you. We're so glad to have you. We start today a two-part message series on marriage. But I want to speak to everybody in the room because maybe you're single, maybe you're divorced, maybe you're a widower, maybe you're widowed. I think everybody, maybe you're a teenager, everybody in the room needs to understand what we're going to say today and next week. Because marriage is God's idea. And I want you to be able to explain why God created marriage. It's not the how. And so when we started the wedding chapel, this is now our fourth anniversary, which is just amazing. Over 450 marriages, over 900 people have been mentored, just to keep a few numbers. And it's been exciting to see what God is doing. God is blessing this, blessing this. But everybody needs to understand that God created marriage. You say, well, I'm single. I have no plans of getting married. But you have friends who will get married. And this is why everybody needs to understand God's big why. Why did God create marriage? There are five reasons, and I want you to know these. And out of these five, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to, ask you to remember two of these. So you can do this. Say, we can do this. Say, we can do this. We can do this. So there's five big whys. And I think most people don't know why God created marriage. I didn't know why God created marriage. I had no idea in 1984, when she was 20 and I was 23, why God created marriage. All I really thought about were the benefits. Nobody talking, yeah, she's hot, you know, what's in this for me? I mean, that's all I really thought about as a Christian young man. I'm going to be straight up, you know, let's just get that out on the table right now. What are the benefits of marriage? I didn't get the purpose. No one explained the purpose. No one explained to me that the purpose was far greater than the benefits. If you focus on the benefits, you miss the purpose. I missed the entire purpose of marriage. Nobody explained it to me. And to be quite honest with you, it was not until Tom Goodlett and I, about four and a half years ago, were trying to find material on why God created marriage. We didn't find any. We found thousands of pieces of literature on how how to fight fair, how to have a budget, how to communicate, how to get along with in-laws, how to, how to, how to, how to, how to. Thousands on how, but never material on the divine purpose. And so I want to share with you today the divine purpose of marriage. And everybody needs to understand this. You're divorced. You're single. You're a teenager. You're married. You're happily married. You're not happily married. You need to understand the purpose. I'll never forget a few years ago I read this. And I said, marriage starts out ideal, then it becomes an ordeal, and then you want a new deal. I just thought that was great. I just thought that was awesome. You're ready for a new deal. And, and, and it's hilarious, but it's true. And so when you, when you don't understand the purpose, and it becomes an ordeal, you want a new deal. I want out. I want something different, right? So what is the purpose? And if you don't get the purpose, you'll probably quit. If you don't understand the purpose of marriage, somewhere along the lines, I know I've been so easy to get along with for 37 years, but somewhere along the line, you're going to just want to throw in the towel and quit. We just celebrated our 37th anniversary this past Tuesday. Yes. Danita is a saint, but you already knew that. Everybody knows that. The purpose. 
There's five, five reasons, and you must understand the five big whys. If you don't know the why, the how doesn't matter. If you're a fireman and you come to our house and you teach me how to check the smoke detectors and you teach me how to change the batteries, okay, big deal. You tell me why. You tell me why I need to check the smoke detectors. If you're an auto mechanic and you teach me how, I can do this, but you teach me how to put air in my tires, you tell me why it's important to keep the air at a certain level, it's, it's a game changer. If, if you were, if I'm a little boy, I'm a four or five-year-old little boy, and you're telling me how to put on a life jacket, well, great, you just told me how to put the life jacket on, but if you were my mom, and you tell me why this life jacket's important, you tell me why this is critical, little boys may not always do well in the water, I want you to grow old with me, it's a game changer. I still don't like the life jacket, but you just told me why. And so there are five reasons why God created marriage. Here we go. They're on your app. Take notes. You're going to have to remember two of these. You cannot leave. You cannot get out of the building without understanding two of these and quoting them to me on the way out the door. (laughs) And we're going to hunt you down online. We're going to find you. We're coming to your house. We're sending junk mail to you. You must remember two of these, and we're going to give you five. Here's the first one, number one. All right. Why did God create marriage? God created marriage so a man and a woman would experience companionship. I love this little picture of this sweet old lady and this old man. Look at this picture. Do we have a picture? Oh, there it is behind me. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, That's what we think of, but it starts when you're newly married. It's companionship. Why did God create, create this? Well, God then, it's the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. Now, Adam was single, and there was nothing wrong with Adam's singleness. In fact, I have a statement that I say to every couple I ever marry, if you're not ready to be single, you're not ready to be married. Because jacked up singles have jacked up marriages. How about that? That'll preach. That's theological right there, right? Write that down. Jacked up singles. What'd you learn from church? I learned from church that jacked up singles have jacked up marriages. You see, Adam was first of all committed to God. He was first of all under the authority of God. He first of all submitted to the admission of God. Adam first of all walked with God in the cool of the garden. It was so important for, for, but now there's going to be a companion, and we're going to talk about why. Why would God give Adam a companion? Because there was a divine purpose. It wasn't just the benefit of companionship. It was a divine purpose. You don't have to remember that one. The next one you do. God created marriage for a couple to be able to complement each other. Now, notice how complement is spelled. It's not C-O-M-P-L-I. Like, um, oh, I like your ring, I like your shoes, I like your watch. That's not the compliment we're talking about. This is C-O-M-P-L-E-M-E-N-T. This is a different compliment. Then the Lord God made a, okay, and God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. I just want to say, this is what happens. You learn to fill up the gaps and make a difference in each other's lives or there will be contempt. You either compliment or there's contempt. There's no, other, there's no middle ground. And the reason that there's contempt is because you want to change the other person. 
And the moment you decide to change the other person, you are saying, my way is better than your way. And at that moment, there is contempt inside of a marriage. God created Adam and Eve to be able to complement each other. In 37 years of ministry or marriage, I don't think I've changed you one bit. I don't think you've changed me one bit. I, I think the Holy Spirit has been working on the rough edges over the 37 years, but it was not my goal, it was not my purpose of marriage or her purpose of marriage to, to change us. It was to have complementarity. We're going to talk about that in the team in just a minute. But you must understand that your job, it's the old Rocky movie. The old Rocky movie years ago, Paulie, the brother-in-law, says, why do you want to marry my sister-in-law? Rocky says, I got gaps. She's got gaps. Together, we ain't got no gaps. <laughs> Pretty theological too, isn't it? And that's the point. The point is you learn to complement each other's strengths and weaknesses. We'll come back to that one. Number three, God created marriage so a male and female would be deeply connected. Deeply connected. And he says this, this is why a man leaves his father and his mother and, and, and they uh, come to his wife and they become one flesh. Now, what's the point about connection? The point about connection is this is a one flesh relationship. Doesn't mean I don't have friends, I do. Doesn't mean I don't go to the Rays baseball games, I do. Doesn't mean I don't go to the lightning games, I do. Doesn't mean I don't go offshore fishing with or without her, I, I do. Doesn't mean I don't have family members, I, I do. What it means is there's a thing going on between the two of us. And deeply connected means you are connected to your spouse. You always have his or her back. She always has his back. He always has her back. And you never violate that. And so this is session one that we share with the marriage mentor, with, with a couple. This is exactly session one. The pastor meets with a couple, and this is session one. And then we hand this off to the marriage mentors, and the marriage mentors do the how. We're talking about the why. And so every couple that we marry through our chapel, we sit down and do this very lesson on the five big whys. And I'm just going to tell you what I say to the couples. Maybe it's TMI. This is what I say. This will shock everybody that it's too much information, okay? But I'll say to the young lady in, in, in my office, I'll say, I don't know why this happens, but the ladies go out and have a ladies' night, and they drink a little too much maybe, and one of the ladies begins to bash their husbands. And before long, all the other four or five women at the table are starting to do the same bashing of their husbands, bashing marriage, all the failings and foibles and weaknesses. And I look at that young to-be bride and I say, don't do that. You are connected. You have a divine purpose. Your purpose is to be divinely connected. You are connected to him. You never throw him under the bus. You never sell him down the river. And then I look at the young man and I say, I don't know why guys do this. They go to wing house and they're watching Monday night football and they drink maybe a little too much. One guy pulls out a picture of his wife, and she's not clothed. I said, I don't know why guys go back to 
middle school locker room stuff. I said, don't do that. The moment you do that, you just uncoupled, unhooked yourself. And one of your divine purposes is always to be what? Connected. God created male and female to be deeply connected. You don't have to remember this, that one either. You gotta remember compliments so far, but that's a pretty good one, right? All right, number four. God created marriage to provide a nurturing and loving family for children. This is, this is why God, God created marriage, for, for husbands and wives to, to raise children. I, I'm not saying you can't be a single mom. I'm not saying you can't be a single dad. I'm just saying that wasn't plan A. I, I'm tired of, of dancing around plan A, by the way. I'm done. I'm done dancing around plan A. Amen. I, I'm done. This, this is, it's a, it's, a, it's a world that's unraveled, it's a world that's topsy-turvy, things are upside down, but if you want to know what God's plan A is, it's for a man and for a woman to, to raise children. And I've thought about that just on a practical level. I, I've thought about over the years when they were small and they got skin knees and skin elbows and they're running to her for nurture and for tenderness. I thought about the college years then when they're calling me and running to me for business decisions and what should I do here. And I, I thought about how throughout the years we've always been connected, but, but there's been moments and pockets where they're far more connected to her or they're a little bit leaning more on me. That's just the purpose of marriage. The purpose is for a husband and for a wife to raise kids together. Our kids would have some deficiencies if she was, they have a lot of deficiencies if, if it was just me raising the kids, okay? Let's just be honest, all right? Our kids would be jacked up kids, all right? Uh, um, but, but the point is, the point is, it, it takes both of us to expand the territories of the children that God has placed in front of you. All right, I'm gonna leave that alone. Number five, number five. You gotta remember number five. Number five is a game changer. God created marriage, with the intention that a couple would be able to contribute. Now, what do we mean by that? Divine purpose. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish, the sea, the birds, the air, or the livestock, the wild animals. This is a job description. And over all the creatures that move along the ground, God gives Adam and Eve a job description. Adam and Eve were created in the image of God equal. Male and female, they're both equal. Different roles, distinctions. They're not the same, but they're equal in the eyes of God. Adam was created in God's image. Eve was created in God's image. The Bible in the New Testament, there's no Jew nor Gentile, no slave nor free, nor male nor female. We're all one in Jesus Christ. And so here we have this idea of the purpose of marriage. I wish I would have known that when we were 20 and 23. I wish somebody would have said, There's, there, it's not the benefits of marriage. It's the purpose. And one of your purposes in marriage is to contribute. Because when everybody gets married, and I do this with the couples in my office, 
I said to the couples, if you think about life, it's your life, your, your job, your dog, your house, your adventure, your vacation, and everything in your life, all the arrows point inward, you will get bored. Because it's not a divine purpose. The divine purpose is never to be selfish. The divine purpose is never to be self-centered. The divine purpose is to contribute, to share, to love, to minister, to pray, to give, to help. It's always bigger than you. And once you see that your divine purpose is so much bigger than the benefits, well, then the benefits, when they come, it's like, that's great. That's awesome. But you're not seeking the benefits. You're seeking the divine purpose. And so Adam and Eve had a purpose, friends. They were to rule over the garden over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over everything that crawled along the ground. Let me just be straight up. If you got married for the benefits only, like I did, I didn't see it, didn't understand it, at some point along the way, the spirit of the living God is going to reveal that to you. He's going to reveal to you that there is a divine purpose. This is why everybody in the room needs to understand this to help communicate this to nieces and nephews and all the other kids in your life. God put Adam and Eve together. And so when a couple's in my office, I say to them, why did God put you together? Oh, because, you know, we like each other and we love each other and we get along and we have no fights and I'm going, oh, you know. (laughs) I've been doing this for 40 years. I mean, come on, right? And, and, and I'm going, all right, let's, let's go a little higher. Let's get up. Let's get up because there's a purpose. Why did God put you together? And I said, I don't have to know, but you do. You have to figure out the divine purpose of why God put you together. There's two primary reasons why people get divorced. It's not money and sex. I've been reading that for 40 years. That is not true. It's not money and sex. Two two reasons. Number one, lack of skills. The number one reason why couples don't make it are lack of skills. I've married over 614 couples, and to this day, not one of them have I married who have not been in love. Every couple's been in love. At year 15 in our marriage, Came home one night, we started laughing hysterically, and we realized we're terribly in love, don't have the skills. Number one reason why couples don't make it is lack of skills. So most of the skills that are in the book are because we didn't have them. So we wrote about them, and we figured it out the hard way. Second reason why couples don't make it, they don't have a purpose bigger than themselves. And when you don't have a purpose bigger than yourselves, you do and will get bored And when you get bored, then it's money and sex. Money and sex are a result of not having skills and not having a purpose bigger than yourselves. All right, I've asked this team to come join me on such an easy topic today. (laughs) Piece of cake. Jason and Christy McMullen, they have been marriage mentors now all four years. They are... um, They've probably mentored more. They've married 52 couples. Jason and Christy have mentored 50. They start their 53rd couple today. They found a a divine purpose. You've been married how many years? 22 years. Hans and Lissette, you've been married five, five years. They are also marriage mentors. And like I said earlier, we've been married um, 30, 37 years. Let's talk about compliment. 
you, you've got to be able to learn how to complement each other. H- how has that worked? Jason, you want to start? What, what, what's your response when you hear the word, how important it is to complement? Well, I think, Kurt, that complementing one another is crucial, and, and you fill those gaps that you talked about. But I think for us and any of the 52 couples that we've mentored know I'm an, an analogy guy. I do a lot of them because my brain kind of takes in stuff that way. But a lot of people have said it, Dave Ramsey said it most recently that I remember, and it talks about a draft horse, and that draft horse being able by itself with a cart to tow 8,000 pounds, going in one direction. You put another draft horse alongside, someone that comes alongside, and the two of those draft horses can tow 32,000 pounds. Therefore, the focus and the direction that they're going, whether that's God-driven or not God-driven, can go four times as much. So if you're as a couple not complimenting each other and you're going in a direction that's not God-led, that can be a very negative path. But if it's God-led, it can be a very powerful and strong path. And so that compliment to me is, I can see it that way with that image. It just, it makes That's sense. such a good illustration. Adam and Eve, when they were doing well in the garden, complimented each other. And Adam and Eve, when they were not doing well in the garden, it was a train wreck. That's really good. Hans and Lissette, how have you learned because I know you. I know both of you really well, and you guys are very different people. How have you learned? Is that fair? Very fair. Okay. We are very different. Probably as opposite as you can get. Um, compliment. I think what people most generally see is he's the music guy, and I'm the singer, and we compliment each other in our gifts very well. He's always been the soundtrack <laughs> to my life, the foundation kind of this this steadiness and I've always been the communicator the one with the words the one who knows what to say and so we complement each other in our gifts but something more behind the curtain something a little bit deeper is Hans is a very introspective person so he is constantly analyzing figuring out pressing into the desires of his heart the motives of his heart what he's thinking his thoughts his opinions his preferences and he lives in this inner world like a little turtle (laughs) And uh, seriously, just in this shell. And I'm an extremely extrospective person. So I'm constantly analyzing and thinking about my surroundings. What's going on, the environment, people that I love. How can I pray? How can I be there? How can I help? And so we complement each other in this way, him being introspective, me being extrospective. Because if it was just this, he would be very self-focused, self-centered, if he didn't have my perspective. And if I didn't have his, I'd be really, really dependent. My situation, my circumstance, and the people around me would determine how I was doing. Mm. And so with each other, we see a really, really better perspective, a better picture. Do, do you see how these are skills? These are skills that have to be, to, to be developed. These are five skills that we're talking about. Companionship. How do I become a great companion? How do I stay connected? How do I compliment? How do we have great children? How, how do we contribute? These are, these are all skills. Danita, um, let's stay on compliment for just a minute. I remember we both took, we went to this class and we took this long profile and it was Dr. John Trent. And Dr. John Trent, I mean, it was this personality thing and you, you did several pages. And we sat down with him in his office and he said to me, and I thought he was kidding, he said, boy, do you need her. And, and I, I laughed. I thought that was funny. I do need her, but, you know, and he said, you have no clue. 
And so anyway. I said thank you for telling him this. Yes, yeah. yeah, you did. So we're, we too are pretty different people. We are very, very, very different. Um, I think that the one thing that we have learned though, the more that God transforms our differences, how, how we're different, we as people, our, our idiosyncrasies, all the characteristics of us, the more we can complement each other. Um, if you could imagine us in a canvas and we were doing artwork together, Kurt would be the straight lines, very calculated. I would have the brush and I'd just be sweeping color and putting dots on it and, and different patterns. But we have learned to complement each other. The Holy Spirit has taught us how to do this. And, and one is through our personalities like that. Um, we kind of fill in the gaps. But secondly, it's, it's spiritually. There may be times um, when he's really burdened or um, loaded down with issues of leading. And I can come and I can say, Kurt, it's in his word. God can do this. And so we press in together and I say, he's going to, he's over, he's going to overcome this. And he has certainly come in and filled in the gaps and said, you know, within our family, God is our foundation. And he is the one that, that we build everything on. He is the platform. And so you keep the main thing, the main thing. So we have learned, though extremely different, innumerable ways that we are different in our strengths and weaknesses, our blind spots and all that, God has enabled us to complement each other through the years. Thank you. So, so with complement, you're making a better product. The reason you complement each other it's not for the blessings, it's for the divine purpose. Marriage always has a divine purpose. There is a reason why God put you together. Again, I don't have to know that, you, you do. You have to figure out, and it changes. It could be a different season, it could be a different project, different procedures, but you have to figure out why did the Heavenly Father put us together? Well, one of those reasons, again, is number five is to contribute. And he wants you to be a contributor. When, when, when you hear that, um, married 22 years, mentoring people, Christy, what, what does the word contribute? The two of you are contributing. What does that look like and mean? So you just said that it takes seasons, right? And we have seasons in our lives when we're supposed to contribute in different ways. So we started out as youth pastors before we were even married. Didn't know what we were doing, but started to figure it out, right? And then it transformed as our kids got older into small groups or serving with the little ones. But it was, I was doing this and he was doing that. And then about six months before you announced we were going to build a chapel, he looked at me and said, Christy, we need to be doing something with young married couples, like, okay, so we thought small group, and then you made that announcement, and God had had it all orchestrated already for us. And so what that has done is given us an opportunity to contribute together so that we are moving towards that common purpose, those draft horses, and it's changed everything about our marriage, about how we're able to give back because we have a better understanding of how we connect so that we can hopefully help others figure out what that's supposed to look like as well. That's so good. Jason, um, with the marriage mentoring, I just got to ask this question. I, I'm hoping the answer is yes. Does this improve your marriage? There's not a word that can describe how much. Yes. 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 Okay. A good. thousand right. times yes. <laughs> a a thousand good. times yes, for right. sure. 
Good. For sure. Was, and he it, was struggling there for just a minute, that, you know. Just, just a brief pause. <clears throat> but a, a great author once said, my wife, uh, the person doing the talking is the person doing the learning. And for us, 52 times we've mentored couples into a better marriage. And for the opportunity for us to be able to take away nuggets from each one of those sessions and say, you know, you said this about that couple. You don't treat me that way. You don't behave that way in our relationship. How do we get better together? And each time we've gotten piece by piece better and better. And it's That's just so been great. unbelievable. It's amazing. That's what happens when you contribute. You, you get closer and closer to each other, right? Because you talked about this. We have to get right with God first so that God can use us together. Hans, I want to ask you this because you're always, I, I've never thought of you as the turtle before, but um, <laughs> you're very introspective. And, and you figured this out, that, that it's not just a human journey. Marriage is not just a human journey. There's a divine purpose. How, how did you get to that? When, when and where did you figure out that, that there's a divine purpose for you and Lisette? Um, first thing I can say that's by the grace of God. Um, that for us, since the beginning of our relationship, we had gotten to a point in life where we recognized that we did not receive necessarily the best example of a godly or healthy marriage. Um, and knowing where I came from, knowing where she came from, uh, for us to be here where we are today in 2021, that was 100% a divine plan, a uh, divine, divine journey by God. And we're still on this journey. We're still growing. Um, but we knew right from the beginning that there was more than just meeting each other's needs. Um, there's more hidden in the mysteries of life with God that we wanted to pursue and figure out how, to, how can I be a better husband uh, through God's perspective and how can she be a better wife through God's perspective. That's great. They are also marriage mentors and Hans is now an ordained pastor and Hans will start marrying couples and they are actually, he is marrying the couples that they are mentoring, which is, which is really cool. That's so cool. Thank you. <clears throat> so I, I want you to get this today. So I'm going to say everything I just said in the next 19 seconds, okay? Number one, there is a divine purpose to marriage. Whether you're single or married, I want you to know that, to walk out of here understanding that. God put Adam and Eve together for a divine purpose. And those five basic skills that you need to really understand is companionship. And so you work at the skill of companionship. How do you become a better companion? How do you help meet the needs of your spouse? That's number one. Number two is, is compliment. How do you have different strengths and weaknesses? And I, and I think about this. You have such different strengths and weaknesses. One of you is probably really good with conflict. One of you is probably not. One of you may be really good with money. The, the other one may not be good with money. One of you may be really good at this and not so good at that, but she's good at this and he's not good at this. This is how this works together. So you lay down your life. You lay it down. And then together, you, you like Humpty Dumpty puts all these pieces back together again. And then what you get to do is, is if you have children or grandchildren, you're, you're part of all that. But the goal for every marriage is to contribute. It is to make a difference. And I love the job description that was so clear in the scriptures. God said, I want Adam and Eve to rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, over every creature that crawls along the ground. Adam and Eve, your job is in the garden. Till the garden, manage the garden, do a good job with the garden. Now that's not your contribution, but, but what is it? And there is a divine reason why God 
created marriage and put the two of you together. Whether you're single, whether you're married, I want you to understand there's such a difference between the benefits and the purpose. And all of this falls under what's called a covenant. And a covenant is so different than a contract. A contract is between two parties. A covenant is between three. This is between you and your heavenly father and, your, and the, cup, the bride, bride and groom and the, and the father. A, a contract is these parties. This is always three, an eternal. And by the way, contracts can be broken. Contracts have time. Contracts are limited. This covenant is eternal. This covenant is forever. This is not a quick and get it done and quit and, you know, ideal and ordeal and want a new deal. This is forever. This covenant lasts forever. And God just says, I'm going to put my, my breath upon you and transform you and change you. So I just want to pray for all of us, not the married people only. I want to pray for all of us that we all get this, that we all are able to explain to other people the difference between the benefits and the purpose of, of marriage. I really want to encourage you to be baptized tonight. Go out to the front desk, sign up, go on the app, sign up, go online, sign up. But we're going to do this tonight and have just an incredible experience together. So again, I want to encourage you to leave here and go sign up. I want to encourage you to buy the book. Buy, buy the book. What you're going to get is everything that we do with marriage mentoring. It's 99 cents. You go online, go to, go to our app. You can push a button on the app. It's 99 cents. To, you get the whole book. It's usually probably like 12 bucks. You get it for 99 cents today. I want to encourage you to do that. Let's all stand together. And Danita, would you close us in prayer? Lord, we come collectively this morning and we humble ourselves before you and we say, Father, you are our authority. And we come under that umbrella of authority as your children. And Lord, in so doing this, we are recognizing that you, through the power of your spirit, have given us everything we need for godly marriages. And so, Father, I pray today that we will choose to put into practice what we've heard, that we will truly complement one another, and we will contribute for higher purposes. That every single person, married, single, however they um, are represented this morning in this family, Lord, we ask that we all seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, and all of these things will be added to us. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you.